Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Friday, January 12th, five minutes after 10. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Donald Trump's civil fraud trial went out with a bang yesterday. Donald Trump delivered an impassioned defense during closing arguments. I think the judge changed his mind or Trump just didn't listen to him. Trump was attacking both the New York attorney general who brought the case and also the judge who was overseeing it. Of course, uh, Letitia James trying to find $370 million out of Donald Trump, claiming that he... uh, overinflated how much his property is valued at. Well, look, this is important for a variety of reasons. Obviously, number one, you have people who are supposed to be about the truth and not about politics, being about nothing but politics and weaponizing their positions of authority to stop a guy who they believe is a threat to run for, or he is running for president, to be the next president of the United States. And whatever or wherever you come down on the political sphere. And one of the things about our show, Casey, and why it is so popular is we're fair. You can say whatever you want about us. We are equal opportunity offenders when it comes to (laughs) criticizing the political class. And so we can say this with on, on a moral high horse and say it with uh, thump our chest when we say it, because we have been, adamantly against the actions of Todd Rokita. Why? Because Rokita, in his own way, has done much of the same stuff that you're seeing here. And that is, you see a guy who puts politics first in an office where politics has no business. Now, is he doing things to an extreme that, like you're seeing in New York? No, but Todd Rokita right now is in hot water and may be losing his law license. Who knows? But has probably got a pretty severe punishment coming down from the disciplinary commission stemming from his inability to keep politics out of his office and running to Fox News and being a politician first and a lawyer and a person of the law Mm -hmm. second. We have been very vocal and critical of that. So we are saying the same things here, whether it's a Republican attorney general or Democrat attorney general, there is no place for these actions and this type of stuff when it comes to people whose job is to enforce and uphold the law and the constitution and it's simply not happening here you are seeing a political witch hunt against a guy who they view as a strong likelihood will be the next president of the United States. Well, in regards to Todd Rokita, there's been some speculation in the Indy Star that he intentionally wants to lose his license. Yeah, James Briggs has an interesting piece, and I was telling you during the break, I said, man, I hate that I am agreeing with these Indy Star guys, but... You give credit where credit's due. He had an interesting piece that's out now talking about how Rokita, you know, appears to be on a suicide mission based on his filing with the disciplinary commission where he's basically egging them on saying, go ahead, take my law license. There's no way if you wanted to keep doing what you're doing 
that you would have had the response that Rokita did to the disciplinary commission. And so there's a theory that Briggs has, and it may not be wrong, that this guy's basically trying to be a martyr at this point, where because Jim Banks is likely to become the next U.S. senator, he's not going anywhere for a long time. You're going to have a new governor. It's likely going to be Mike Braun. He's probably going to be governor for eight years. There is no path for Rokita, unless he's going to challenge Todd Young in a primary, for Rokita to, quote unquote, move up the ladder. And if you can't move up, and he clearly doesn't want to be attorney general, he was never qualified to be attorney general to begin with. He'd never, you know, while he had a law license, he had never been a practicing attorney, which is why he sucks at the job. That if you can't move up, which is always Rokita's goal, everything he's done has been about moving up in politics. His whole adult life has been about that. Well, you could say that about all politics. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to, we're talking about him, but I'm not mm-hmm. trying to, to, to pick on him specifically. That if indeed you are boxed in from moving up, then the next thing for you is to find a cushy place to fall down to if you don't want to actually be the attorney general and do the work of the attorney general. And as such, he's he wants to get his law license revoked. He wants to be able to go out and say, see, because I'm pro-life or I'm conservative, these people, the radical left disciplinary commission, which just a couple of years ago, he was praising and singing the praises of on the Curtis Hill stuff when he wanted to be the attorney general. And I thought that was very, a very interesting thing that I hadn't thought of before, that maybe this is the equivalent of, you know, suicide by cop, mm-hmm. right? He wants to go out, but that way he can go out and martyr and find some cushy think tank or consulting gig or whatever to land into because he doesn't want to be attorney general anymore. Well, he's trying to turn a negative into a positive, and I'm no lawyer, but I would think that being disbarred is not so hot on your resume. Well, it is unless you <laughs> it, it is not. You're right. Unless you want to unless you want to be mm-hmm. taken out, unless you yeah. don't want to do it anymore. Unless it, it, it may this thing isn't the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Point of all this is we are critical of both sides, and that's why our show, I think, is universally listened to, even by people who dislike us, because we're fair. And what Letitia James is doing in New York to Donald Trump is a total abuse of her authority. It's a total abuse of her office. This judge is a total lefty, is in cahoots with her, and Trump is getting screwed. Yeah, well, a couple things. So this is not over because, of course, no matter how it lands, if it lands against Trump, it'll go into appeals. And his sons may actually fare just a little bit better than Donald Trump because they're saying that they have not been able to prove that there were any fraud brought on from Eric and Donald Trump Jr. But doesn't there have to be a... There is no victim. I know we talked about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. There is no person coming to the government saying, I was harmed by this. Everybody, the the lenders, financial institutions, everybody has received their money. And ultimately, what the government is trying to say is, hey, credit agency X or lending institution Y, we know that you're a multi-billion dollar entity and you have people who make handsome salaries to verify income statements, but we're going to know better than you. And even though you have these people who are paid handsomely to verify these income statements and you came to the conclusion that these were legitimate and you haven't been harmed in any shape, form or fashion, Mm -hmm. we're going to take care of this for you. That is that is not the role of the government. 
There's nobody upset about what has taken place here other than the government. Other than Letitia right. James, who ran on a Get Trump platform. We are going to hear from Donald Trump in just a minute. But here is his lawyer, Alina Haba, and she's just laying into Letitia James. And don't forget that Section 6312, a consumer fraud statute, has been wrongfully used against my client, innocent defendants, the organization, and every employee of the Trump Organization, which has single-handedly changed the New York skyline, including the building we are in today. These are special properties. Real estate is an art, not a science. But you know what else is an art? You know what else isn't a science? Political motivated individuals. She's using this to paint a canvas that Donald Trump is a fraudster because they can't beat him in the polls. Okay, so he actually spoke when he left the courthouse and this after his Iowa town hall meeting, which was very well received. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But he made a statement after he left the courthouse. And I think she's, she should be criminally liable for this. She did this to Exxon, and they drove Exxon out of New York. Uh, Exxon made billions of dollars in taxes. They're now living in Texas. Uh, Exxon is uh, very happy in Texas. Other companies, because of what's happening here, are going to be moving out of New York also. This is an out-of-control attorney general. She's totally out of control. These loans were all good. The banks were extremely happy with me. They still are. We built a great company. Have a company that's very liquid, very strong, great assets, and she sued me because she wanted the publicity to run for office, but they find nothing wrong. And I think if anybody was being fair about it, and I'm not sure you can even hear me because they don't allow microphones over here, which is pretty ridiculous, but uh, if anybody's fair about it, you see this is a case that should have never been brought, and I think we should be entitled to damages. Thank you. I'll be back. So that's interesting. He's saying that he's going to turn around and sue her. Well, and again, the reason they have you list your assets, it's no different than when you get a home. This is just a much, obviously, bigger scale. And the reason home loans are easier to get than other business loans is because the home is the asset. That's why they do the appraisal on the home. The bank wants to know, hey, if you default, we want to make sure we can get our money back. Well, the home loan is the cleanest one because the home is the asset they can sell the house. The bank doesn't want to do that, go through the hassle, but at least they can. In the case of this business loan, these business loans, the premise of listing the assets is to ensure they have something to come after if you don't pay the money back. Mm-hmm. He's paid all the he money. He paid the money. The banks are happy. It's liquid. <laughs> There's no problem here. And here's the shocking part. Even on CNN, on CNN, their legal analyst is saying that this is all just a witch hunt against Donald Trump. What they were right. doing, they got paid back. But it is a fact that Letitia James, as Paula Reed said, Letitia James campaigned for attorney general in 2018 specifically on a promise of vote for me and I'll get Donald Trump. That's not something she said once. She said it dozens of times. She said it in writing. She fundraised off it. And she wasn't even specific. She didn't say I'll get him for inflating his assets. At one point, she said he could be indicted for money laundering. At one point, she said the day after she was elected, she said, and I quote, we're definitely going to sue his. He'll know my name. And when you make statements like that, how can you say there's no political angle to this? You can maybe say the facts are there, but it's also political. That's Letitia James's own doing. So what if? So of course it's political. And and, and one other one other thing that this is not American greed, where some guy is 
running a Ponzi scheme where he's fudging financial documents to investors in order to keep people giving him money to waste money somewhere else or spend money somewhere else or live a lavish lifestyle. Don, ever, these people that lend, I mean, we're talking about some of the largest lending. These are not little grandmothers here, okay? These are not moms. It's not the community bank yes, down the road. It's, it's, not, it's not the State Bank of Lisbon. I mean, it is some of the largest, most powerful lending institutions in the world that are doing business with Donald Trump. They know what they're doing. They know how to handle. They didn't just take his word for it. Oh, he says Mar-a-Lago's worth X. Oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. This is not you getting a home loan. This is so beyond ridiculous that the government is is doing this to him. So he did speak again after he left the courthouse. He, of course, said that it was a witch hunt in the truest sense of the word. It was election interference. And then he went on to say that Letitia James has visited Joe Biden in the White House numerous times, and it's all just one big conspiracy to get Biden into office. So, you know, he had that town hall meeting on Fox and then he had to turn around and go back to New York City. But Fox News has released the ratings and they came out and said, obviously, the Fox News town hall with Donald Trump beat the GOP debate with Haley and DeSantis on CNN. But then they said that the three-day marathon of the town hall candidates that they had in Des Moines was the highest rated telecast so far this year. Now, I know we're only 12 days into the new year. Yeah, but they're saying for, or they say for, for Fox, or, mm-hmm. right, for Fox. Yep. Highest rated telecast so far that they've had. Uh, it averaged 4.3 million viewers. But how much of that was Trump elevating mm-hmm. everyone else? It's like us with Tony Katz ratings. I mean, the ratings for WIBC <laughs> are great, but a whole bunch of that is us lifting up Tony Katz. It's 18 after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 21 minutes after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So there is another executive session of the school board in Brownsburg coming up on Monday, January 15th. What is going on over there? This is the most wild thing ever. And I'm so glad I live there because I'm on top of everything that's going on. But this is, I mean, people just need to totally wake up to this because they are, so the school board, the Brownsburg school board is very clearly trying to get rid of Jim Snap, who's the superintendent. And this is crazy, Casey, that this is the self-professed number one school corporation in the entire state of Indiana, Mm -hmm. and nobody in the media is covering this. Like, they're doing it right in front... I mean, they're doing it behind closed doors, but they're doing it right in front of everyone. Everybody knows what's happening, and I, we, are the only people in the media covering this. The number one school system by testing standards or whatever, and we talked about how ridiculous that is and how poor the number one school system actually does and how many people actually fail. That's another story for another time. But by the standard set forth by the state, the number one school system in the state of Indiana is trying to either is trying to strong arm the superintendent out. We've laid that out before. They're either going to fire him if he if they can't force him to quit. Mm-hmm. 
and it's happening in plain view, and nobody other than us is talking about this. Okay, so they announced that they're not going to renew his contract, which will be up in 2025, at right? A, at a special meeting in December while everybody was on Christmas break right. with no announcement whatsoever. They just call this emergency meeting and say, hey, we're not renewing the guy's contract. And then they just came out and said that they're going to have another executive session of the school board coming up on Monday, and they say the purpose of this is to discuss job performance evaluations of individual employees. Yeah, but the crazy thing about this, and I've never heard of this, I have been intricately involved in government at some, either covering government or as a government person. They're having this meeting, Casey. Mm-hmm. It's a closed door, super secret, exec, they call them executive sessions, so you can't go and watch or comment or whatever. They're doing this at an attorney's office mm-hmm. in Carmel, yes. Casey. I've never heard of a government, an official government, you know, official government meeting at an attorney's office in a city different than where the entity exists. I've never heard of an attorney's office, period, anyway. This is the most wild thing. And the school board is being so anti-transparent. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what's going on at this point. Like, everybody knows what you're doing. You're either, you're trying to strong arm the guy out, I would guess because they owe him all this money. But I, but if he's not going to go, you're going to fire him. I mean, that's become abundantly clear to the masses at this point. And this, this, uh, <laughs> the wild thing is, so I looked up this attorney's office that they're having this meeting at, and here's what they list, just a couple things they listed in their specialty. Our expertise in employment law includes advice <laughs> and or litigation mm-hmm. involving the following areas. Age Discrimination Employment Act, Alternative Dispute Resolution, Americans with Disabilities Act, Arbitration, Background Investigation, Civil Rights Litigation, Disabilities, Diversity in the Workplace, Drugs and Alcohol in the Workplace, Employment Benefits, Employee Privacy Rights, Employment Contracts, and it goes on and on and on. Basically, this is a law firm you go to if you are trying to strong arm somebody out of a position of employment and you mm-hmm. want them to go away either through quitting firing whatever and it is just so it shows what just and these school boards it's all across the the central indiana that how just full of it they are that on one hand oh we're the number one school system oh the superintendent's marvelous oh this guy walks on water and now you won't tell anybody what's going on. So people like me who have contacts all across the school system have to tell me what's going on. And yet you keep up this narrative that we're the best and we're number one and you're trying to fire the guy or strong arm the guy out who is the leader of the number one school system in the state of Indiana, but you won't tell the community anything. Okay, so this is becoming a battle of wills is what it is. They're going to have Don't give up, Jim! Keep (laughs) fighting! We want the truth! Don't settle! It's interesting uh, how that tune has changed, but they're going to have this super secretive closed-door meeting at an attorney's office who obviously is an employer representation. My guess is that... The executive session, this school board is having this meeting at this attorney's office because they want to get all of their I's dotted and T's crossed for fear of retaliation. Yeah. And look, Jim Snap. I know you know. They don't want any of their employees to do retaliate because then Jim Snap could turn around and say they're retaliating against him. Well. Especially if he filed any sort of. Well, the, and the, so Title Nine, age discrimination, anything. Then they really, really well. Clearly, they can't gonna, say anything to the guy. Well, clearly, there's some reason they want to fire this guy, and this is my concern as a taxpayer. Okay, 
Whatever the deal is, is the deal. If it's related to the vomit incident, if it's related to other things, I know a lot that I can't say right here, right now, and I've known a lot from the beginning, which is why we broke the story and we've been right about everything we've reported thus far. Just tell the people. Mm -hmm. Whatever your thing is, do it, be done with it, be honest with the people, and let the people sort it out. If you fire him and he sues you, he sues you. It's going to come out. If he, if you, uh, if, if you fire him and he doesn't sue, if you fire him with cause, without cause, the public hearing, not a public hearing, we've kind of laid all those things out on social media. Just get it over with. Mm-hmm. Let it come out. If he did something that warrants being fired and it's that bad, then tell the community and maybe they'll be on your side. Or is it that you're trying to push him out because you have this hand chosen, radically left person? waiting in the wings and you're mad that this guy's too old and too white and not DEI or CRT or SEL enough, mm-hmm. even though he's done your bidding at every term, every turn, we've laid out these maniacs that are on the school board and how left they are. Just tell us what it is. You're in charge. Be done with it. It is the, the out of control, anti-transparent mm-hmm. behavior for an entity that is responsible for hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars and is the largest taxing entity in the community. And you can't get a straight answer from anyone. So people like me have to tell the story because you won't. It's pathetic and it's gross. Just do whatever you're going to do. How much money are you wasting on this? On the attorney? Yes! So they're going to have this executive session at the attorney's office on Monday. I would assume that there will be a public forum on what, Tuesday? Who knows with these people? Have you heard that? Maybe When is that going to happen? Don't quit, Jim. Whatever you do, (laughs) we deserve to know the truth. Don't quit. (laughs) You make these people earn it. But real quick, before we go to break. Yeah. We are the only people covering this. Yeah. How is it that nobody, where's the verified guy at uh, WTHR? Why doesn't he verify what's going on over here? How is it the number one school system in the state is clearly trying to strong arm the superintendent out? No one knows the reason. And we're the only people talking about it. I'll leave it to Kendall and Casey. We'll get to the bottom of it. It's 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. Number 317-684-8444. If you'd like to be involved with voicemails, we would love to hear you and get your input. It is 1035 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So we've been talking a lot about the economy, of course, because that affects us all. The inflation report came out. It was a little higher than what the Biden administration was hoping for. And somebody wanted to call and address something in regards to gas prices. And this is not the gas that you and I put in our cars. It is, of course, is the gas that, uh, you know, transports everything, everywhere, all the time. We're talking about diesel. And it amazes me. Everybody complains about the economy. And nobody's doing anything about diesel prices. Diesel is still 4 or $5 a gallon. The economy is still 2 or 3 $4 per item out of whack. Where do you think your extra money is going? It's going into diesel. There is nothing that you can see that did not come on a truck. If we want to immediately swing our economy around, someone needs to do something about diesel. Mm. 
So the average price for diesel right now is $4.25, and it's influenced by a lot of factors. Of course, oil supply and demand. What, what, what is it? What's the average price? Four twenty-five. Okay. So, and look, clearly Biden has failed miserably on energy, and, and it's hitting everybody. However, if we're going to talk about the actual price of diesel of four twenty-five, fifty-seven cents of every gallon of diesel is taxes put on people by the state of Indiana. That's before the sales tax on diesel. Because remember, we have two taxes on fuel in the state of Indiana, whether you buy gas or you buy diesel. If you buy gas, it's 34 cents. It's a special tax just for that. For diesel, it's 57 cents. Plus the sales tax. So like they treat it like you buy anything else. If you're buying a candy bar Mm -hmm. that you pay sales tax same thing with diesel the federal tax on diesel is 24.4 cents so between the indiana state tax and the federal tax and then the indiana special tax on diesel well over a dollar of every gallon is just taxation Mm -hmm. think about this indiana professes to be this low tax state but when you put in the sales tax and the actual tax, the tax on diesel in Indiana is almost three times, is probably three times, depends on what the actual price is, of what the federal tax is. So the people in Indiana, these clowns down the street from us, can bitch and moan and whine about Washington, D.C. all they want. But time and time and time again, they are every bit a part of the problem that Washington, D.C. is, or even worse. So think about what the difference would be if, let's just take the Indiana tax. Let's say with the sales tax and the actual tax, it's 75 cents. Well, what was the, 425? Yep. Now you're paying 350. Huge difference, isn't it? Right? Then you take the federal tax out of it as well. Now you're down to, you know, 325. A huge portion of this is government taxation. It's not just Biden energy policy. Mm-hmm. It's government. Well, that plays a part of it. It does. It certainly does. And it, it look, but whether whether the ta- whether the price of diesel was you know 425 or 325 if Biden were doing his job, it doesn't make the local the state taxation on fuel Go away. which is a predatory tax which we've talked about time and again because they tax things in Indiana. The Republicans are financial predators. Because they tax things that people cannot opt out of. Look at where your two main taxes that have gone up over the Republican rule the past seven years, gas and property taxes. Yep. You got to live somewhere and you got to drive to work in the grocery store and everywhere else. By design, people wake up. Mm-hmm. And they're passing, of course, those cost right onto the consumer. Absolutely. And that's why everything costs so much. Okay, we got a couple of... Uh, Letters, a, a card, and a letter that we need to share. Okay. Uh, the first one up, I got a Valentine's Day card. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, uh, it says, for the one I love. Oh. My Valentine dreams and wishes are filled with special thoughts of you. Whoa. And they're sent with love and wishes that your dreams will all come true. Oh, man. Have a happy Valentine's Day. How exciting. Uh, that is from James, our friend who is at oh. the uh, Plainfield Correctional Facility. Your biggest fan. James is your biggest fan. I he may be my biggest fan, but I'm not his number one choice, apparently. Wait, what? Yeah, he says, you know, this is all in good fun, although you're awesome and I admire you greatly. 
I really have the hots for, and then he goes on and lists Taylor Swift and Katy Perry oh, and yeah. Lady Gaga sure. and Haley Berry. But then he says, "My truly my heart belongs to Ms. Drew Blair from Wish TV. Oh my goodness, our news gathering partners. I'm playing second fiddle yeah. over here. And, I don't and, know if she got a Valentine's card, though. Well, it's considering all the corresponding he does with you, she mm-hmm. might have got... She may have got a lot more Something than just different. a letter. Uh, he did go on to say, uh, now, if Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Lady Hawkeyes don't win the national championship this year, my heart will break for a wire. Player of the year, Caitlin Clark. Oh, how exciting. Who knew James was a uh, women's basketball And fan? he's a romantic. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the card, James. Uh, you got a package in the mail. This has been sitting on my desk for a week now, and I wanted to share the letter that oh, came along with okay. this. Okay, and so we just need to be clear with people, and mm-hmm. we've said this for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, I do not open the mail, so if you send something to me, and it, uh, we love, m- most of it is just very, very nice stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, from the very, very early on in being here, I do not open the mail, and so it will be at Casey's discretion when she opens it. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, you have finally gotten around to opening this and telling me what was in the package. Yeah, and Hammer saw it on my desk and he thought maybe I was looking into a career change. <laughs> yeah, at my age, sure. Uh, but it is the uh, U.S. News and World Report and it's the 2016 edition uh-huh. where they have the list of the best colleges. Oh, how exciting. And the reason somebody... 2016. 2016, so maybe not pertinent today. But uh, the reason that this was sent is uh, described here in the corresponding letter. Oh, we got a letter. Okay. Okay, Hi, Rob. Uh, This is a faithful listener. This is from Lori. Oh, hi, Lori. Okay, she says, my daughter Annie was featured in the 2016 U.S. News and World Report article when she was a student at IU. The magazine sent over one of their national photographers to Bloomington to get a photo of Annie. Uh Uh-huh. That day, she was attending a talk featuring... Todd Young. Oh, Spendingburg. Who was then a congressman. Uh It was an intimate setting of maybe 20 students. According to Annie, uh, who is the daughter, every time the photographer moved in the room, Young, Todd Young, pivoted so that he was facing the photographer. Annie said it became comical after a while. After the talk... Todd Young asked the photographer if she had any questions for him and wanted to take any photos of him. (laughs) The photographer said no and explained that she only needed photos of Annie. And then Todd Young asked if she wanted to take a photo with him and Annie. Again, the photographer said no. Oh my gosh, that is, I could totally see all of this happening. And yes, what a self absorbed, narcissistic a hole Todd Young is. Totally 100%. I believe every word of this. Uh, at the end, uh, Lori, who wrote the letter, goes on to say <laughs> as you can see, there is no mention nor photo of Todd Young in the article. Hey, don't you, I realize. Look at me. I I realize you're here. I realize you're here to showcase these, these kids that are overachieving. But don't. Do you want a picture of me? No. And uh, so she flagged the page that the article oh, was in. Oh, awesome. And there is not a picture of Todd Oh, Young. I totally believe 100% of that. That just made my day. Lori, thank you for that. That's just 
the best. Yeah, we we love it when you send us good stuff like that. We've got Hammer who's going to join us next. They have an event coming up. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Twelve minutes in front of eleven with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And guess what? Hammer joins us in the studio, and I hear the music. Hey, fatty. Hey, how are you guys? It's been a bit yeah. since I've had a weigh-in here on a Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's, first of all, remind everybody that yeah. may be listening for the first time here. At the uh, end of the summer last year, I said, hot damn, I'm pretty big. I need to lose some weight. Yeah, I weigh 271 pounds. And that is for, just if you're comparing how big that is, that is larger than the birth <laughs> of a baby elephant. Like when a baby elephant is mm-hmm. born, Hammer weighed more than one of those. <laughs> Correct. And that's when I realized changes had to be made. Yeah. So to hold me accountable, I said I would come in here every Friday on your show mm-hmm. and weigh in. And the goal was to lose 50 pounds. Yep. Whatever happens first, a calendar year or 50 pounds. That's the time frame here. And every week, I'll weigh in. If I tie or do better than the week before, survive in advance. Right. But if I gain, I've got to put $5 in the pot that Rob Kendall can use for whatever nefarious reason he wants. Um, now, we should point out to set. So you started at 271. Your last weigh in, because we kind of took a couple months off, was the 17th of November. Right. <laughs> and let me backtrack a little bit. Because at that point, that's when my wife's mom passed away. So we had like that and funeral into Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. into Radiothon, to which I was off all December, pretty much like you were. I can vouch you were not skirting your responsibility or obligation (laughs) to the to the uh, the audience. So you had only missed you'd only one week in the in the first whatever that is, August, September, October, November, first four months, you had only gone up one week. Right. And I've burned two timeouts because I get three timeouts to use throughout the year. And today is the first weigh-in since November 17th. That date, I was Mm 240.6, which is down basically 30 pounds. Now, here is my goal for you as you stand on the scale. I just want to, I think you're going to be up. However, considering you went through two months of all the, obviously, like with your mother-in-law's funeral and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas and mm-hmm. then the vacations. If you're up anywhere less than eight pounds, That's I think a you, win. Ca- you call that a moral victory because the clock resets whatever you weigh in on next week as right. long as you're below that number. You don't have to get back to that 240.6. And I lose weight quickly, but I gain it yeah. quickly, which has always been my problem. Well, yeah. and, and we took that photo together at the, um, at the Pacers game the other day, and my wife saw it, and she said, Hammer looks very healthy. Has he lost weight? I said, yeah, he's just not morbidly obese right now. That's why he looks... I love your wife is commenting on my picture. Now I'm going to have to see her and be like Mr. T in Rocky 3. Hey, woman! Hey, woman! I bet you stay up all night thinking you had a real man. (laughs) All right, fatty, you ready to find out how heavy you are? Shut up, man, I ain't going nowhere. (laughs) All right, here goes Hammer. Shuffling over to the scale. Uh-huh. Standing on the scale. Where are we at? Oh, that's good for me. 247.2. Bad for your heart, but good for me. So 247? That's only a pound. I'm up about six from my last weigh-in. Which is good. That's lower than the eight. Yeah. yeah. So if you're telling me I can get through 
Thanksgiving, yeah. Christmas, mm-hmm. vacation, yep. trip to Nashville, um, family situations where everybody's bringing you food. Yeah. You'll only be up six. You know what? I'm going to take that. Yeah, and, and I absolutely. have a prediction because I've done this with you now several times over the years as you have been various levels of obese. Thank you. That uh, <laughs> And have seen you do this, accomplish this several times. I think next week, because I know how competitive you are, you're going to blow past that 247.2 number. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe a three or four pound week for you. Well, it depends on how many beverages I consume tonight. <laughs> Because we are taking the show on the road yeah, that's right. Fantastic. Yeah. this afternoon. Yeah. So starting at 3 o'clock, we're going to be at Woodland Bowl right, up yeah. on the north side. We're doing the show from 3 until 5.30. IU basketball comes on at 5.30 pregame. John Herrick's part of it. Uh, but our show will start at 3. So we want everybody there. Let's get loud. Let's get rowdy. It's Beer Sample Friday. Um, let's make some noise and pack the joint because we want to take the show on the road more. It's pulling teeth, you know, trying to tell the management, hey, we want to be out all the time. So let's pack the joint every time we've done one of these road shows. It's been amazing. We've done Shelbyville. We've done Columbus. um, We've done, I think, uh, the Irish Fest and this one at Woodland Bowl. And then after our show is over, Mm -hmm. we've got the sold out Red, White and Bowl event Mm -hmm. where we're raising money for veterans for bowling lanes. So somebody could show up at Woodland Bowl. And they could literally hang out with you and Nige for like seven or eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beer sample Friday. And then mm-hmm. our bowling event tonight, the sponsor is Jack Daniels. Nice. Oh, there'll be no drinking going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> my, my you, friend, do, you, do you want to retract what you said about that way in We've got to make our sponsors happy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. It'd be inconsiderate to be rude to the fine folks of Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody should totally go out and see the show live. Starts at the usual three o'clock. Yes. And then uh, the weather's going to be fine. The weather doesn't get nasty until overnight and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So get one last hurrah in before it gets cold and nasty. Speaking of tomorrow, I'm liking the Texans as an underdog at home against the Browns. I'm kind of with you. I'm going to put out the betting article later on today. So I'm going to have four plays for the uh, NFL playoffs this weekend. And I've got action on the Pacers game tonight. So that article will be out a little bit later on at WIBC.com. Myself, Scott Long, and uh, pro handicapper David Stefanoff. Um, When you, I was talking with somebody about this the other day, because obviously computers have changed the way people bet. There are obviously these actuaries, computers, they come up with these odds, et cetera. You're a betting degenerate, so you would know the history of betting. (laughs) How did they do it back in the day before computers to come up with these odds? Or like before everyone had a computer at their disposal? They clearly had odds. There was clearly a Vegas. Right. How how did they do it? Was there just some old man in a back room? How did they do it back then? There was a number of different things. One, there were the parlay cards, right? And like you could have a UPS driver, a mailman, somebody that's got a tie to somebody in Las Vegas and they provide them with the parlay cards. They're then dubbed as the runner. You're the one that passes it out, collects the money, turns it in, and I'm sure you get a cut on the side. There's that. There's also like... Like, you watch The Sopranos. Yeah. Like, you like The Sopranos. Uh, the way they used to run the, the gambling rings there. You mm-hmm. had to know somebody mm-hmm. that was basically running a ring. Set the lines themselves, uh, had people, collected the money, but... If you didn't pay in time or if something got a little squirrely. Uh-huh. Breaking knees. So like that time you went to Vegas or we had that friend in Vegas and you might have come back with 10 slips with odds on them. That would have been the runner 
for those events. Well, for if you me. go to Vegas where it's legal, that's fine. Yeah. But let's say that I've got somebody going to oh, Vegas. Oh, I got you. And, you know, he lives in Indy. He makes the bets. He makes a phone call to his girlfriend who's a waitress at the you know, Flamingo. Uh-huh. You got to have a runner. So okay. with with you know betting on your phone now, it's it's national. Would the odds have been different back then, depending on who you were talking Probably to? Your runner, not they were um, all similar, very similar. There's like a formula to it. Yeah, it, it's really done by math nerds. Yeah. more than it is. Well, that's how people. I'm wondering. Like pre computer, everything's in, you know at the, your fingertips. There was a time where they were setting odds before everyone had access to a computer at their disposal. Right. You look at points per game, points given up, uh, strength of schedule, all that stuff factors into like a point spread. And now there's like an algorithm that everybody has. You've been doing this consistent. for a while, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I bet less money now, but I think I bet more often. Yeah. Because in the past, if I were using Make somebody that was a little shady, a runner, or if I went to Vegas, I want to get my money's worth. Yeah, right. I'm absolutely. Hundred bucks a game, two hundred bucks a game. Now, you know, it's not quite that. Good luck tonight. <laughs> Good luck tonight at the bowling event. Thank you. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC.